Thank you, Father Kitzmiller. They will receive the sacrament with great joy. Today is Gaudete Sunday, the entrance antiphon for the Mass. It says, Gaudete in Domino Semper Iterum Dico Gaudete, Dominus Enim Propest. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. The Lord is near. This Sunday of Advent, the priest wears rose vestments. Advent used to be a period of preparation for baptism at Christmas time. And so it had a penitential character, and violet vestments were worn, but a little bit lighter the third Sunday of Advent because it's a sign that Christmas is drawing closer. We're more than halfway through Advent. The light of Christ is coming into the world, and so there's a sense of joy as the Lord draws near. We all need to have a little joy in our life, and Advent is an especially Marian season, Pope Paul VI used to say. The Angelus is a prayer that is frequently prayed. Once a man came for confession to the priest, and he said, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been 30 years since my last confession. Uh, and he confessed his sins. And the priest said, Well, for your penance, I want you to pray the Our Father. And he said, you know, Father, it's been a really long time. I don't remember the Our Father. Well, say the Hail Mary. I don't remember the Hail Mary either. And the priest was getting frustrated with him and said, Well, what prayers do you know? And he said, Well, I know the Angelus. He said, Well, pray the Angelus. And he gave him absolution. But the priest began to scratch his head and said, wait a minute, how can he pray the Angelus if he doesn't know the Hail Mary? But he looked out of the confessional and there was the man kneeling down. He said, I wonder what he's saying. So the priest snuck up behind him and he could see the man's lips moving as he knelt there. And he was striking his breast and the priest said, I wonder what he's saying. And he listened in and the man was striking his breast and saying, bong, bong, bong. The priest got frustrated, went back to the confessional and a man said to him, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Father, I stole some lumber. Say, five our fathers, five Hail Marys, and commit that sin no more. And he sent him on his way. About a month later, the man came back and said, Father, I fell back into the same sin. I stole some more lumber. And the priest said, well, you did that last month. This time, we've got to get serious about this. This time, I want you to pray the rosary. Gave him absolution, sent him on his way. The next month, the man came back and said, Father, I can't believe it. I fell back into the same sin. I stole some more lumber. And the priest said, I, you did that the last two months. I told you last month we had to get serious about it. I even gave you a whole rosary for your penance. This time, I want you to make a novena. And the man said to him, Father, I don't know what a novena is, but if you can get the plans, I can get some lumber. <laughs> we all need a little joy in our life. Yet St. Paul invites us to rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice, for the Lord is near. John the Baptist appeared last week in the desert, wearing camel-haired uh, camel garments and a, with a leather belt around his waist. He was a provocative sign of the return of the prophet Elijah. People came to him for a baptism of repentance. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John was fiery in his preaching. He called the Pharisees a brood of vipers. He warned people that if they did not repent, they would be thrown into the fire. He did not mince his words, yet people came. Why? Why did they go out to the desert? The Lord poses that question, to see a prophet. They had a desire to live differently. They had a desire to be faithful to God. John had said also, one greater than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to unfasten the strap of his sandal. That one would be the Messiah. But today's gospel, John finds himself in prison. 
He has confronted Herod with the truth. It is not right for you to have your brother's wife. John also, Herod also liked to listen to John, but he cared too much for human respect. John was in prison, things seemed dark. Where was the Messiah? Some scripture scholars say John was in such darkness and everything was closing in around him that he wondered whether he had been right. He began to have some doubts. Others, like St. Francis de Sales, a patron of our diocese, said John, his disciples, came to him. And John wanted Christ himself to reveal himself to the followers of John. So John sent them back, saying, ask him, are you the Messiah or should we wait for another? Jesus responds by saying, go back and tell John what you see. John sent his disciples to say to find Jesus, knowing Jesus would reveal himself to them. Well, what did they see? The blind could see when this man touched them. The deaf could now hear. The lame, those who were paralyzed, they could walk. The mute could speak. And praise God, the lepers would be touched and cleansed. Isaiah the prophet had foretold that all of these signs would accompany the Messiah. Now the disciples of John verified for themselves what John had pointed out. This indeed would be the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. This was the promised one, after all, who would bring light to those in darkness. The Lord had drawn near. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, John said. And it was at hand in the very person of Jesus. In the kingdom of God, when it comes in its fullness, there will be no more suffering and no more tears. Already, Jesus, through his public ministry, was beginning to show what the kingdom of God would be like, a kingdom of justice, of peace, and of truth. But Jesus says something curious at the end of the gospel. Blessed are they who are not scandalized by me. Because there were people who were scandalized by Jesus in his time. those who were scandalized by the fact that he ate and drank with tax collectors and sinners, that he would dialogue with a Samaritan woman, that he would be able to talk to someone like Zacchaeus up in his tree and welcome him and be welcomed into his home, the sinful woman who would wash Jesus' feet. People were scandalized by Jesus' actions. They were scandalized that on the Sabbath, he could heal a man with a withered hand. They were scandalized when he said, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will live forever. They were scandalized when he said to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Who but God alone can forgive sins so that you may believe, pick up your map and walk. And the man walked home rejoicing. They were scandalized by Jesus at his birth because he was not the Messiah they expected. They were scandalized by his ministry and they mocked him in his death. If you are the son of God, come down from that cross. There would always be opposition. The Blessed Virgin Mary had been told that her son would be the rise and fall of many nations. And they were scandalized by him. But today people are still scandalized by him 
and by his church. For Christ is the head, and we his members are the body. And people are scandalized when we say human life begins at conception and all human life is sacred until death. They are scandalized when we proclaim the good news about human sexuality and marriage. They are scandalized when we say that someone who is on death row should be shown mercy. They are scandalized when we say we should welcome the immigrant, that we should not cast aside the elderly or the sick because they are weak or because they are not productive. And they are scandalized not only by us, but by Christ himself. What should our response be? When Jesus is preaching in St. Matthew's Gospel at the beginning of his Sermon on the Mount, he begins with the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the pure of heart. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of ill against you because of my name. Rejoice and be glad. Your reward will be great in heaven. The disposition of the Christian in good times and in bad is always joy. Why? Because we are loved by God. We are loved by God independent of what we do, independent of our successes or failures for that matter, independent of how much money we have or do not have. We are loved by God. So much so that he would send his only son to suffer and die for us. The disposition of the Christian is always one of joy because even in the darkness of this world, our God comes to save us. In Advent, we remember he is Emmanuel, God with us, which also brings joy to our heart for we are never alone. And indeed, in the community of believers, this company gathered here, we know, we see with our own eyes, we are never alone. There are other people with us on the road, journeying toward heaven, which our Heavenly Father will give us if we are faithful. When people are scandalized, what should we do? Should we retreat? Should we be silent? Was this the way of John the Baptist? No. He told Herod to his face, it is not right for you to have your brother's wife. He was bold, filled with the Spirit. And he witnessed to Christ through the shedding of his blood to be a witness. Today we have three young people who are saying, I am willing to witness to Christ and to his church. I am willing to defend Christ and his church and their teachings. And they will receive the sacrament of confirmation be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals us and strengthens us through the sacrament of confirmation to live more fully the promises made at our baptism, to be his witnesses. And that is what these young people are committing themselves to, to be his witnesses, to defend Christ in his church, to witness to joy. It's interesting the confirmation saints whom they chose one chose Mary, the Virgin Mother of God, which highlights the mystery of the Incarnation. God became a little child in order to save us. One chose Saint Helena, the mother of Constantine, who discovered the wood of the true cross. In this sign you will conquer, recalls the passion of the Christ by which we are redeemed. Another chose Mary Magdalene, the Apostle of the Apostles, to announce the joyful good news that he, had, he has risen and that there is a love 
stronger than death. We have every reason to rejoice as Christians. Our God comes to save us. He does not come to terrify us. Our God will never abandon us. He is God with us. Yes, during Advent we celebrate that God is with us. During Easter time, we celebrate the fact that this God who is with us is a God for us, willing to suffer and die for us, and he is rewarded with eternal life. And at Pentecost, when there is a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we celebrate that God is at work in us. God is with us, God is for us, and God is in us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? Who can be stronger than the power of God? But the true power of God is not physical force. It is the power of his love. And it is love that brings joy to our hearts. Gaudete in Domino Semper, Iterum dico Gaudete. Dominus enem propest. <laughs>